will the real men get up? I know you're fed up, ladies, but keep your head Trying to get them customers, law we ain't trusting them Thick bras, we busting them, sick and tired of punching it I look on the bus at them, when I see them struggling I think I'm touching them the people. So if you're gonna be the best, I'ma tell you how Put your hand in the air and take the vow I know I can, I know I can. be what I wanna be, be Alright, so back up in this thing for another one. This is Connecticut's most controversial podcast. This is the Domino Effect. And as always, I go by the name of Domino. Appreciate you guys for tuning in. Appreciate you guys from listening. Wherever you're doing that from, be it uh, SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, YouTube, iHeartRadio, even Twitch, wherever the fuck you get your podcast, we are there. And uh, the guest I got today, just like the Skinny Boys, shout, shout out to them. It's a very special one to me. Uh, again, just like the Skinny Boys, somebody from my hood that's uh, doing amazing things out here. And, you know, before the year is out, I just wanted to, you know, shine my light on it. You know, do what I can as a podcast and as a host to shine some light on this brother, even though, you know, you should know him by now. You know, he's been on, you know, countless podcasts, countless shows. He's cool with uh, Blumenthal. Uh he was just with Taraji P. Henson. I don't know how the fuck he pulled that off, but we're going to talk about it. Um, a lot of people from the hood, you know, they make it out. They don't like to give back, you know. Shout out to the people that do, you know. Shout out to, you know, your Michael Jai Weiss, your Charles Smith, your Chris Smith, you know. People like that. But uh, right now, in the dojo, I have Bridgeport's own, Trumbull Ave's own, Trumbull Garden's own, Mr. Harry Bell. What's, what's up, my brother? What's going on? How are you? How you doing? I'm blessed. I'm here. I'm uh, I'm excited to be here. Grateful to be um blessing the podcast or be a blessing as well to this podcast or to the people. Word, word, word. I like to hear that. So, first and foremost, how are you? How's your mental health? How, you know, how's everything been for you as of late? You know, we we still got COVID going on and but but you still Moving and shaking out here, but how are you? Well, me as a person, you yeah. know, um, I take it one day at a time, one foot out the other. You know, I, I go with the flow. I'm very spiritual. Mm. So, you know, if, if if I'm able to go and I feel good, mm. I'm with it. Word. That's why I'm here right now. Have you always been spiritual, though? Uh, yeah, but I think as I got older, um, I respected it and understood it a mm. little more. So when I say spiritual, you know, is I don't look at it as um, me uh, spiritual through one religion. Mm. It's just I know it's a higher power, and I'm in tune with it. Got you, got you, got you. Now, um, Harry, like I said at the beginning— Grew up, uh, basically where I grew up, you know, he grew up in maybe like the thick of it. I was maybe like a street over, you know, it's not that far of a gap. You know, he grew up in the terrace, well known as Trouble Gardens. I grew up on Sunshine. Not that much of a difference. You know, you still run into your, your bullshit, you know. Um, growing up in the terrace, uh, 
80s and 90s wasn't the best. Still to this day, it's improved. Still not the best. Um, basically, what I want to get is, I get, well, we want to start from the beginning because, you know, to, to where he is now, this all started from a coloring book. And like I said, this man has done some amazing things that hopefully we get to highlight, if not all of it, at least most of it. So we want to start from the beginning and then work our way up. Uh, now, you were born and raised in Bridgeport? Born and raised. Terrace the whole time? Whole time. I just moved out to Terrace. Just moved out of there like three years ago, you said, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, how was it for you growing up in the thick of it? Because I grew up in the Terrace maybe like, I, I, I lived there to maybe I was like three or four. They knocked my building down, and then we moved to Sunshine. But all of my friends, everybody I hung out with, Either lived on Reservoir or lived in the Terrace. So I wasn't that far removed from the shit. So I was like, I know shit that's going on. I'm just not in it. So how was it for you growing up in it in like the the 80s, 90s and all that? Um, It was difficult. But I think um, what was what was different about me as a young shorty growing up in that era and being in the mix of everything. Mm-hmm. I knew I had purpose. Mm. I knew that Trumbull Garden was not the final destination for Harry Bell. Mm. But I had to work within what was going on Mm. to get where I'm at today. Got you. Now, when did you actually get that mindset? Because, you know, growing up, it's, it's easy to fall into the bullshit. You know, you fall into the hood mentality. You know, you... Basically, you 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 become your environment. You know, you... Grow up around certain people. You think that's how you supposed to how you supposed to act. That's how you supposed to live. This is the day to day. It don't get no better. Damn sure can't get no worse. So now, at what age did I guess that awakening come? Well, I think as a shorty, meaning um, around like seven or eight, mm. I knew I was different because I remember one time um, I was uh somewhere and a lady. And this lady said, I remember you as a kid in the terrace. And she said, you was right. I'm like, what you mean? Mm. She said, you was right. She said, one day, somebody was talking about your family. And rewind that. People don't know, my family's real thick in Trumbull Garden. Mm. We we the Bell family. Mm. You know, all my aunts and uncles died from drugs or alcoholism. My blood... My family blood is in the streets in them tears because, you know, my uncle OD'd out there. Like my my mom um was killed. Was well not was she was not killed. She died of AIDS when I was young. Mm. But, you know, it all started from the addiction from the terrorists. Mm. So my blood is in them streets, my family blood. Mm. So I rem- she said that I was about maybe eight or seven, and there were some individuals talking, saying, like, look at them bells, man. The only thing they do is sell drugs or drink liquor or do drugs. And she said, I said, as a little shorty, to that lady, that's not going to be me. Mm. So I knew back then that I had a purpose but I start understanding my purpose when I was probably like 17, 18. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
So you saw the problem early, diagnosed the problem, and said, that won't be me. I cannot go out how the rest of my family did. Yeah. So now, unfortunately, you didn't grow up with your mom. Sorry to hear that. Um, who'd you grow up with? Pops, grandma, aunts? Well, my my birth mom, her name was Elizabeth Bell. She died when I was in middle school, but mm-hmm. she left me in the hospital because she had an addiction. Addiction was to heroin back then in the 80s. You know, that took over the black families. Mm-hmm. And um, so she left me, left me in the hospital for my aunt to raise me. So my aunt put, took me out to the hospital. So I grew up calling my aunt my mom. Mm-hmm. So I was raised by my aunt, but she's really my mother because that that was the only mother that I believe I had mm-hmm. in, until maybe like seven or eight before my mom died, um, the, the news hit that, you know, my aunt, who I thought was my aunt, was really my mom. Mm. So. Wow. That has to be crazy to hear as a kid where you thought, it was like, hey, this woman passed away it was really my mom, but who's been taking care of me this whole time? That got to be a fucking shock. Um, Now, you're growing up in Trumbull Gardens. Now, like I said before, it's easy to fall into the bullshit. How do you not fall into the bullshit because it's around you every day all your peers family just the environment of the terrorists it's like that's where we from but it's just like sometimes you can't help but to fall into that bullshit but how well i'm not gonna say have you but like did you fall into that shit at all yeah like, like the street shit yeah. yeah um you know um i i i i um dibbled and dabbled in the streets, you know, um, because it was there. Mm. But, you know, I felt, I, I learned early that it wasn't for me because, you know, I remember, um, like, yesterday, you know, every time I left and I go and I come back around, they're like, yo, what's the name just got shot or this person just got bagged. Every time I left, something happened. Mm. So I start to realize that guy had a calling on my life and it wasn't the streets. Mm. Now, we're going to get to the Taraji thing later, but I heard you say on the show that you saw someone get killed when you were how old? Um, I think about eight. Eight, eight when you saw your first murder. Wasn't your last, mm-hmm. but it was your first. Yeah. Now, how did that impact you? Was it somebody you knew or was it just like... Nah, so um, me and a few friends, we was... On the green thing. Every project got a green thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, I just realized that was the electrical box. Yeah. <laughs> we was all just chilling here. Yeah. It was a turtle and it was that electrical box. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So we was up in a circle. And um, we was all playing, I don't know, 52 pickup, knuckles, whatever. Mm. And the only thing we were, pa 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 You know, as as kids, you know, our, our main, we should have thought to run away. Mm. But we ran towards it after we heard the psh, car skid off. Mm. So when we got there, we only thing on our way there, we just heard a horn. Beep. And then um when we um got closer to the car, that's when we noticed it was a man dead with his eyes open, shot in the head, and mm. his head, forehead on the steering wheel. And then you know, that's why the the horn didn't even go off. Mm. So now as a kid, what does that do to you? Does it 
traumatize you? Does it excite you? Does it like what is it does what what does it do to the adolescent brain? Because some people be like, yo, that shit crazy. I'd never want that to be me, me, me. Or you go to the other side of it, niggas is like, yo, you might feel like a, some type of rush from that shit. Like, so how did it affect you? Well, we are we are talk that that after it happened, like, yo, we all we, uh, we think we're gonna we might have dreams because we always heard if you see a dead body, you're gonna dream about it. Mm. So um, the next day, I didn't have no dreams. None of my friends had no dreams. So we just like, like brushed it off like it was nothing mm. because it it was something, but it was like normal to us. Yeah. So it was nothing to us mm. to see, like you know, that was the first sh- killing, but that wasn't the first, first shooting. shooting. Yeah, yeah. So it was just like, oh, shooty dead, mm. and we didn't have no dreams. Right. Let's go. Yeah. Let, let's just. Going on about life like ain't nothing happened. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think the first time I heard about somebody getting shot was my cousin Derek. And he he was somewhere, got shot, and he lived in the terrace, then he moved out like a little while ago. Um Yeah, and I was just thinking like, why would somebody shoot him? What did he do? This, that, and the third. And, and that was like my first introduction to like that lifestyle where it was like somebody close to me was clinging to life and I didn't understand why I was like four or five something like that and I I just couldn't make sense of it and then as you get older you know you start going outside more you know when you want sunshine then you hit that hole in the gate it's not it's not that hard to go back to the hood the lady that babysat me lived in the terrace so I was like I'm just constantly around this shit then you then when you see like a drive-by a drug sale, you see something, and he's like, oh, all that shit is clicking now. Maybe that's why he got shot. Or you see niggas fighting, and then somebody come back, and now they want, like, real revenge and shit. So it's like, now now all the shit makes sense. So now, um, you're growing up in the terrace. Um, what's, what's, what's school looking like? Are you, like, you know, doing good in school? Are you, like, uh, around knuckleheads? Well... I was kicked out twice. Mm. Um, I was kicked out of Central twice, and uh, I went to our alternative school. Mm. But um, what happened was my cousin Bubba saved my life because he owned barbershops. Oh, she cousin. Okay. Yeah. yeah. yeah no so yeah. what happened was my cousin Robbie, he was a real dirt bike kid. Mm-hmm. Um, he was sweeping the hair in the barbershop, but he didn't want to do it. So... I kept telling Bub, like, yo, man, I don't want to be in the terrace, man. I uh, I need to be in a barbershop mm. because I knew where I was going to go if I wasn't, if my time wasn't occupied. Mm. So Bub, like, yo, I can't fire your cousin Robbie. You know what I mean? You got to wait till Robbie screw up and then you, then you catch the rebound mm. and you dunk it. Mm. So what's so crazy, I felt like my success led to my cousin Robbie failure because Robbie was was um murdered mm. a little while after leaving the barbershop because um you know he loved the dirt bike life mm. and he got chased and he was hit. Yeah, I remember that. That was a that was one of them summers they was chasing Robbie on a dirt bike and then mm-hmm. they say the cops uh might have hit yeah. him and something like that. Yeah, yeah, I remember that shit. That shit was a while ago. That shit was wild. Yeah. Yeah. Damn. So now you Feel that spot in the barbershop. Now, do you feel like a sense of security when you 
get there or do you feel like you're doing something with your life? Like what's the what's the feel once you take on that role in the barbershop? Well, I started sweeping hair, um, mm. uh, making like like thirty five dollars a week just sweeping hair and mm. and um going making store runs. So by the end of the week I probably was like at sixty, seventy dollars when, you know, I was like one thing about me, I had patience. Mm. A lot of my friends that's grown up, they didn't have patience. Mm. So they wanted the fast money. But I knew where the fast money could lead you. Could lead you because we grew up with it our whole life. We seen either you go to jail for a long time or you get killed mm. or you got to keep looking over your shoulder. Mm-hmm. And I didn't want that. I wanted the money and I wanted to enjoy life. So only thing I knew was the next best thing to a drug dealer mm. was a barber. So I stuck it out and grind until Bub said if I finish school, he'd give me my own chair. Mm. So um, lucky to my cousin for giving me something to strive for. Mm. I graduated in 02 and became a full-fledged barber. Okay, so you got your barber license. Yeah. Okay, shit, I didn't know that. Back then. All right, so now how long was you cutting here there? Um, I was in a barbershop from probably like 9 to like 25, 26. Okay. I grew up in a barbershop. Grew up there, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember I used to get my hair cut in like the East, and I don't know why I didn't go to like, uh, what am I call it, headquarters but, or nothing mm-hmm. like that, yeah. But uh, that's just who my grandfather knew, and that's where he took me, but and I was like, all right, whatever. Mm-hmm. But um, so yeah, so you cutting hair, uh, you stay there till you're like 25 or something like that, and then I'm guessing that's where the security job kicks in. So you, so why do you stop cutting hair? Oh, because um, what happened was um, um, I still was like trying to find myself, mm. and like the barbershop back then, it wasn't structured, and a guy and a person like me, I needed structure. Mm. You know, you got you give a you give a kid that don't that didn't never had nothing. Mm. You give him. $1,000 a week back when I was like 17 years old, mm. own car, you know, I was getting high, smoking weed, drinking. Oh, you I didn't, about to blow all that shit. <laughs> I, I couldn't handle it. Yeah. And I was thinking like the barbershop was the streets. So not, not looking at it as a business mm. that, you know, my, my cousin Bubba, you know, I, did, I, um, I got into it with a couple barbers Mm. because they wanted to work on a day that I was working and I felt like they couldn't do it as if this was the street and I checked them and my cousin Bubba didn't respect that. He was like, yo, you can't be bringing that, that you, you can't be bringing outside, inside my business. I didn't understand it. Yeah, most people don't. Most most people think, you know, it's an easy transition from street life or what you know out there you bring that to the corporate world or a business and you think you, you can use them same you, you just think everybody moved the same way and everybody just don't <laughs> nah but that him not letting me back actually saved my saved my life it made me who I am today mm. because again I, I was having a son my son probably was like three years old at the time and um from making like 1300 a week to not making nothing, mm-hmm. it really made me find out who I was as a man mm-hmm. and get in tune with where I need to be. And it got me to where I'm at today. Mm-hmm. So it kind of pressed your back up against the wall. I was like, I got I to gotta make some shape. I got to do something. Yeah. So now, 
when does when does a security job kick in? So what happened was, um, I remember um, I was depressed for about six months. Mm-hmm. I was in my room, uh, not shaving, just depressed because I didn't know I didn't have no other skill, mm. and I'm thinking that you know life was over. Mm. So I was in my room depressed for about six months. And I remember my son, his name is Samaj, um, he knocked on the door. And I'm in the room crying like a baby. Mm-hmm. And my son jumps on the bed. He about three or four years old. And he knew I was crying. But, you know, I tried to man up for him. Yeah. I didn't want him to see that. Mm-hmm. So he like, Daddy, what's wrong? He like, I still need you. I still need sneakers. I still need help. Mm. What you doing, daddy? I swear, that week, next day I shaved, and I started working at UPS. Yeah. I got to do something. Because now somebody depends on me, and now he gave me that extra boost to do something. Man, I went from making thousands, about $1,300, $1,400 a week mm. for six months, not making nothing, then making $300 a week. Mm-hmm. But I said, I got to be right for my son. So after that, um, I went, uh, got my gun permit, mm. and I started doing the um, armored truck. So um, I started making a little more money. Mm. And then after I did that, I got fired from the armored truck because I fell asleep in back of the truck. <laughs> <laughs> So it's always something with niggas, man. <laughs> like, I mean, it happens, man. Yeah, I'd have fell asleep at work too. Fuck it. Yeah. <laughs> um. So, um, after that, I went and did some armed security mm. for uh, the University of Bridgeport, and um, they had a trial program. It was called uh, the escort program. So what you would do is, I would drive kids from anywhere up and down Park Ave from. UB to Walgreens. Mm. And after that, um, it was a lot of cops working at UB as well. Mm. And th- back then, I'm not people who know that if you work for school security, you work for under the cops. So what I did was get connected to some of the cops and I started, got connected to the cops and became cool with certain cops and they put in words for me to work for the city Mm. as a school resource officer, and that's how I became school resource officer. Got you, got you. Now, I want to double back to uh, your depressive state. Now, when you were sitting in your room for that six months, did you know it was depression? Because, you know, growing up black, growing up in the hood, a lot of people don't go to fucking therapy. We don't know what to call the shit that we feel. A lot of a lot of us our whole life been feeling anxiety, uh, stress, depression, but we don't have names for it, and we don't know how to determine it now when you were sitting up in that room did you know it was depression or you just knew that son ain't right well you know um i didn't know it was depression until later mm. i just i don't know what I'm saying we look at it as just being lazy and like yeah it's just like, like you saying fuck it yeah it's like like, it's you like know whatever what I mean? yeah. yeah yeah so i could call it depression now because that's exact, exactly what it was mm-hmm. you know so but you know i i was blessed to be able my son to help me snap out of it mm-hmm. now when you were going through that uh nothing told you like hey i need to 
talk to somebody. I need to do something about it. You just was just sulking in your own, just depression, just not shaving, just whatever. Because sometimes our brain tells us like, hey, son ain't right. Maybe I should talk to somebody. But then it's like, who am I going to talk to? Are they going to fuck with it? Like, I can't talk to my friends. They might make fun of me type of thing. Like, did you have those thoughts? Like, I need to get this out, like an outlet to somebody? Nah. I just, just I was the one just soaking my sorrows, bro. Just deal with it yourself. Mm-hmm. Okay. So now when you're a resource officer, obviously, you know, you're around more more kids and all that. Now, um, did that have any bearing as to why you chose a coloring book to start well you know later on but is, is that why you chose a coloring book no i chose the coloring book for my son mm-hmm. actually my first coloring book was for him because he used to he used to like to color and stuff mm. and um i wanted to make him a special book coloring book that deals with fun education and empowering mm. and i couldn't find a coloring book that touched them three pillars that I wanted my son to have in one book. Mm-hmm. So I remember as a kid, I used to um, sketch and write little quotes to go with the sketches to like escape some of the madness mm-hmm. that I was going through in Trumbull Garden. Right. Um, that was my way of feeling like I was somewhere other than Trumbull Gardens. Mm-hmm. Like I felt like I was on a beach somewhere. Right, right. You know, and what happened was, I took them quotes and coloring book mm. that them quotes and sketches and gave it to a guy named Solomon Stanley, who was mm. an awesome, I know Solomon, yeah, awesome yeah. Um, artist illustrator, and I paid him to fix my quotes up, mm. and I made my not my quotes, my sketches mm. into cartoons, and he brought that a life to life, and I created my first coloring book with my son on the cover. Yeah, I remember that. Now, it, um, I was reading up on something where it was like, you made this coloring book for your son because he was going through some type of depression, it, what, it, what, it, what it sounded like. It was like uh, he was diagnosed with diabetes and something wasn't right with him, so you wanted to lift his spirit, so you, then you created the coloring book. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, have you ever dabbled in like writing books before, like, you know, short stories or like, you know, anything that has to do with illustration. Have you ever dabbled in that before you did this? Nah. Not at all. So it was just, that, this is brand new territory. So you was like, hey, something wrong with my son. He liked the color. I want to do something for him. Bam, coloring book. Yes. Okay. Now, how do you go about putting together this coloring book? So you got the illustrations, you got the quotes, that's cool. Now, how do you go about getting this printed, distributed, you know, things like, well, well, the first one was just for him, and then he brought it to school, and then people liked it, mm-hmm. and it was like, yo, what's this? And it was like, okay, dad, yeah. they like this. So now you getting buzzed from, I guess, his classmates or whatever, but how do you distribute, how do you print, and being somebody that doesn't know anything about books? You know, um, one thing about me and and, like, People who come from backgrounds like us, mm. we make something out of nothing. We 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 find a means mm. to get stuff done, right? You know, and 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 I realize literally everything you need to be successful is right under your nose, right? But we don't under we don't look at it because we always wiping it or blowing it away, mm. you know, and. 
I I got my book created from Buller Havens, man. Kids created. Oh, so other kids. Other kids mm. manufactured my book for me. I I I paid kids from Buller Havens to tech to manufacture my book. That's dope. So now, not only did you make a coloring book for, I guess, what, grade school and middle school kids, mm-hmm. but then you was already doing, like, your, your outreach program where you involved high school kids where it gives them, they could say, hey, you know, this coloring book, I helped put this together when I was in ninth grade, 10th grade, 11th grade, whatever. What's so crazy you say that is that when the coloring book started, was kicking off everywhere, mm. like, I could be in a mall or wherever, somebody like, I made I I made your coloring book. I pressed your coloring book. That's I was dope. part of that. Mm. So that's why I think a lot of people like rock with my story and rock with me mm. because I always made f- people feel like they supposed to feel like we did this together. Mm. And I let I was an open book. Mm. So we struggled together, we grind together, and we made it to where we at together. Mm-hmm. So they feel like they should feel like my success is their success. Right. So now, initially, like I said, you made this book for your son, but now this book is starting to gain traction. When, what was your first, I guess, what what was the first time with the book that you were like, yo, this is really going further than I actually wanted it to, where it was like, I'm surprised this person knows about it or I'm getting this accolade for it. Like, when was the first time that you were surprised by the creation that you made? I was in a I was in a in a um, grocery store, and it was like this five year old, maybe six, maybe four or five, I don't know, six years old, five, four or five, six. Um, he was screaming, screaming at the top of his lungs, mm-hmm. screaming, and 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 the mother said, "You going, huh? Just take the book, just take the book." Mm-hmm. And she gave him the book, and. I don't know if he was scribbling in it, coloring, whatever. Mm. It just, it, 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 he stopped like having a tantrum. Mm-hmm. And when I looked, it was my book. <laughs> it was your book. I was just like, that was my wild fact. Like, yo, mm. what the heck? What, what the fuck is going on? Yes. <laughs> what is going on here? I made this for one purpose for my son, just to cheer him up. Yes. Now I got people, I got kids screaming over my, well, screaming over the book to stop tantrums at that. So yeah. it was like, take the shit here, and now it's your book. Yeah. That's a dope-ass feeling. <laughs> <laughs> so now, um, when do you actually start to gain, like, the attention of, I guess, the city? Where it was like, this book is making its rounds in a bunch of public schools now. It's going from the the the, the school your kid goes to, to, like, you know, your Hallens, your Blackhams, your Wilbur Crosses, your Reeds and all stuff like that. Like, when does that start to take place? Um, Frank Recchio from News 12. Mm, shout out to Frank Recchio. So, let me, it's crazy because one time Frank was doing a story, right? And after the story, I ran up on Frank like people, like, like, like rappers run up to, like up and coming rappers run up to like 50 Cent Yo, listen with their mixtape. Yo, I could rap. Yo, listen. Eh, Yo, I got I, yes, I ran up to Frank with a coloring book. Uh-huh. Frank, like, what the heck? Like, <laughs> like who, who's this, who's this big black man? Yes. First of all, yes, running up on me, mm-hmm. and he got a book. 
I don't know what's in it. But. Yes. So Frank looks at the book. He like, if you know how Frank talks, like, did you do this? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. He said, you got to be fucking kidding me. <laughs> he said, excuse my language. That's just how he talked too. He said, you got to be fucking kidding me. I said, nah, I did this. He said, people are not going to think you did this. Mm-hmm. People are not going to accept this, accept that you did this. Yeah, because He of- said, I'm going to throw this in their face. Mm-hmm. He said, I'm going to, whenever I call you, just be ready. Mm. So I don't know if you remember when my book first started, I was on the news every week. Yeah, I saw you on News 12 at least maybe One, twice a year yep. like on some shit. <laughs> so it could be a killing. Mm. Frank would tell me to, to come at the end mm. and say something positive and hold my book up. Mm. And it was just every time something was negative going on, mm-hmm. he made me end the story mm-hmm. with a quote from my book. You was the light. You, you you was the one to give the light during like the negative times. Yeah. Yeah. He just made me say something positive at the end of every story. Mm-hmm. Every story he did on the weekend, it could have a, it could be a drug bust. It could be what killing. Mm-hmm. It could be whatever. He said, I just want you to say something positive and hold your book. Right. That's dope. Shout out to Frank Reckia, because we don't we don't see people in so you just running up on somebody and, be, and like, yo, this is my product and just here and somebody be like, you know what? I fuck with this. So now I'm gonna try to put you on as best as I can. I'm gonna yeah. try to, I'm gonna try to put you in every spotlight that I can, every chance that I can get. Yeah. So that's dope, man. So now Frank's doing that and now is like your phone ringing off the hook, you getting crazy emails and stuff like that. People was like, who the heck is this kid that's always <laughs> on the news, mm. always saying something positive? And and uh so they had to figure out who was I. Mm. So um uh councilwoman by the name of Jeanette Heron, um, she uh she met me at um she's I was at the grocery store and she seen me in the parking lot. She was like you the kid that's always on the... Mm. She was like, did you got your book in school? Mm. I was like, nah. So um, uh, what she did was she made some calls to the mayor and to the superintendent, Miss Fran Rabenzerick, who was superintendent at that time. Mm. And the school adopted my book. And I think they bought maybe 10,000 copies for, for grade um, one through fourth grade. Mm. So that's that's ten thousand copies getting printed up of your book and distributed through public schools throughout Bridgeport. Mm-hmm. That's fucking sick. Now, how <clears throat> how are you getting the money to print ten thousand? Like, where's this money coming from? Is this a straight out of pocket money? It was like I'm taking my paycheck. I'm just investing it in this book. Or are you getting like fundraising money or like people like donating? Like, where's the the money come from to print all these books? I was working. Mm-hmm. You know, and I spent my my some of my check mm-hmm. on to getting these these books printed mm-hmm. by um the kids that uh you know and it so uh, again it was cheaper to get it printed through the schools mm-hmm. because it was like a work assignment yeah yeah like yeah, like yeah. like like it was you know but you had to give mm-hmm. you know you had to pay for manual a little bit of manual labor mm-hmm. and the paper and all that stuff like that mm-hmm. so. Like, um, it made sense. Mm-hmm. And that's why I try to tell you, like, you know, I think, you know, God guided me 
in ways that make everything come out as a blessing. Mm. So, you know, it was a blessing for me to go to Bridget, go to um, uh, Tech and get these books printed as a work study for the kids. Mm. Yeah, you was in the right place, right time with a lot of that shit. So mm-hmm. running into Frank, and then you run it, well, the superintendent runs into you in the parking lot. Then she tells you about, you know, mm-hmm. the, the things that she can do for you. Yeah. Now she gets your books distributed. Now it's in public schools. Now, what happens after that? So now everybody knows your name because they see it on the book. Now a lot of kids see this book. Is your son still on the cover at this point? Nah, so what happened was that was one of the hardest things I had to do. Take them off. Was take them off. Yeah. You know, but I realized sometimes a gift for one person is a gift for the world. So, mm. you know what I mean? So um, I, I did some soul searching and, you know, um, I had to take my son off. And to this day, to this day my son be mad that mm. I used that picture anyway. <laughs> why? Why? <laughs> is that like a school picture or like some you took at home or something? It was a, uh, I forgot what type of picture where he said, he said, Dad, I look creepy in that picture. <laughs> he was young, so. Yo, you like eight. Yeah, yeah. You're like yeah. seven or something. Like yeah, that. uh-huh. Yeah. So, you know, it was, it was um hard for me to do that, but, you know, like I said, sometimes a gift for one is a gift for the world. So, you know, now, my book now was like helping, you know, hundreds of thousands of kids now across, you know, the uh, states, man. Yeah. Thousands of kids across the state. Yeah, that's crazy that, you know, did you ever think that it would happen like this? Where it was like, I would do this for this one singular reason, and then it would just reach the masses like it did. Did you ever think that? Nah, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't. I was like, it was um surreal for me, man, mm. you know? But like I said, um, after a while I start understanding because like I said, I'm very spiritual. Mm. I started understanding that, you know, God's in control. Mm. So then I started seeing visions before things started happening. Mm. You know, dreaming and seeing seeing like dreams of I have dreams where I'm around thousands of kids and I'm on a stage getting a getting an award or something. Mm-hmm. So you know, um, I started seeing that, you know, that is bigger than me. Mm, definitely. Now, how did having a uh, son change your life? Because, because a lot I of times, a- you know, we we live for ourselves. And then once we have a purpose now, whether it be a child, you know, just a higher calling, that change is just like sets everything in a new direction. So I, I always wanted to be my son superhero. Mm-hmm. So I had to get it together for him mm-hmm. because I wanted to be able to teach him physically. Mm-hmm but also mentally, mm. meaning not just a lesson, but be that lesson. Mm. So um, um, I used to drink. I used to smoke. Um, my son is 17 now. I've probably been clean from drinking and smoking weed for about 12 years now. Oh, shit. Congrats, man. Mm-hmm. Proud of you, man. That shit is hard. That shit yeah. is hard. <laughs> right. It's hard. Yeah, so... 
I, I felt like I couldn't tell my son, don't do this or don't do that if I'm doing it. Mm. So I had to look at, I had to, I had to look at what I was doing that could be a, 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 a block against me teaching my son how to be a man. Mm-hmm. Right. Now, uh, when you had a son, did you have an extra chip on your shoulder because of how you grew up, being that, you know, your mom passed away, never mentioned your dad, so I'm going to assume he wasn't there. So mm-hmm. now, did you have that extra chip on your shoulder? Like, I cannot, I have to be there for my son. That's what, and I, and I think that kind of like crippled my son a little bit mm-hmm. because me wanting my son not to have the life I have, mm. so I got to do everything, right. make sure he's straight. Mm-hmm. Not realizing that my son would never have the life that I had because he got me and his mother around. Right. So that's all. We I think. didn't learn that. I didn't understand that to, until probably he was like fourteen. Mm-hmm. I was still buttering my son toast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was still doing everything mm-hmm. as of. He was like a baby mm-hmm. until he became like probably 14, 15 years old. That's your baby, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, as a, as, a, as a dad myself, I feel like at some point you have to let go. But I got two girls, so I could, I'm could i allowed to be soft. But at some point, you got to let go and let them be their own human. You know, have them make mistakes. You can tell them a hundred times, don't put your hand on the stove, it's hot. But I feel like the best teacher is actually like, doing it you can talk to you blue in the face i feel like you have to they they have to actually go through it yeah but you know and then you know 14 for girls different from 14 for a boy and i can i can only imagine the shit that you're going through having a son now are you starting to see like certain tendencies like you know you know obviously you know you got your friends you got your influences and stuff like that are you starting to see like him leaning towards certain shit more than other like is he leaning more towards he, yeah and that's what I mean mm. like I kind of crippled him mm. because um now me and my son like I said from the age of my son probably was like from the day he was came out the hospital to 14 I was my my son was with me all the time that's dope all the time mm. like I did shows. He was with me. Mm. He was with me all the time. But I kind of pushed him away because he said it was hard to be my son. Because to to it was hard for him to to it was hard for for him to be my son because everybody looked at him as to be the positive. He couldn't yeah. go nowhere without okay. him saying. Um, him getting like, oh, that's Mr. Bell's son, the positive. And he told me, and we fell apart for mm. a little while because he said I was tired of being the positive kid's son. Mm. And it kind of like threw us apart that my son was getting in trouble. You know, he would, he had, he actually went away for about um a little over a month mm. to like a to the like boys group mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And he just got back, and now. Me and him, me and my son relationship is back and stronger because that time for me and from 
for us to be a was a part, mm. I realized that I didn't give t- him time to grow. Mm-hmm. I um I looked at him as, and I'm still gonna look at him as my baby boy, but I also have to let him grow as a young man mm. the same time. Mm. Now, does that at any point make you regret doing the being the positive guy, being the color of positive thought guy? Does any any point of that makes you make you regret that? Um, I did in the beginning I used to be like, did I try so much to change for him that it hurt it that it became a burden to him? Mm. So I did question myself. But at the end of the day I realized, you know, that it's going to everything that I installed in him for the first 15, 14 years of his life, mm. he'd never forget. And eventually he'd come back like the prodigal son. Right. You know, it's, it's just like teenage angst and shit like that. You know, we all go through. We all don't listen to our parents. We want to venture off and be our own people. But then, you know, once you get older, hopefully your parents are still around when you're older. You'll be like, you know what? Mom, dad, you was right. I was bugging. My bad. Ain't nothing wrong with what you're doing. <laughs> but it's like, you you just got to go through that. But um, so now let's get back into the journey of the book. So now it's distributed in schools. And what's next? What 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 starts to happen next? It led me into doing programs. Okay. So the book led me into doing programs. Now I do programs all over the city that cater to hundreds and hundreds of kids. Mm. Um, you know, um, and my program now is called the Color of Positive Thought Organization. Mm. And we cater on two things, but that but it falls under umbrella things: youth building and community outreach. Okay. Dope. Now, the, uh, I guess, like, the workshops you were doing, are they, like, mentoring? Are they, like, you know, education-based? Are they, like, sports-based, writing-based? Like, what what, what were they? Well, it's, like, I'm everywhere, so I'm, like, fruit punch. So Mm. it's everything. Right. Like, I just got a building, too, so Mm. I'm going to be doing everything in that building from— Congrats. um, No, thank you. So I'm going to be doing everything from uh, education to fun— game nights, mm. things like that. It's, it's called the Color of Positive Thought Community Nest. And what we're going to do there is just nurture kids and to become young men and young ladies. Mm-hmm. Okay. So now uh, you start doing programs, and now what happens after you start the programs? Do a lot of people join up at first because they know you from the books, or is it like kind of hard trying to get people into the program? Mm, nah, it was kind of... It was easy because I was I worked for the school. Yeah. So I already had a rapport with parents, and they already know me from the book as well. Yeah. And just having a rapport with the parents and the kids that I'm already I'm always around your kids mm. every day for you know at school at work. Mm. So you know they they feel comfortable with bringing them to my programs. Okay. So it like like I said it is God's plan. Mm. It's just like a blessing all around. Right. Yeah, because you turned this thing, this you turned the opportunity of the coloring book into an opportunity to start running programs. And then those programs, you ventured off and started doing, I guess, uh, I guess community events. Yeah. So this, this means like toy drives, <laughs> cookouts, fish yeah. fries, whatever. Mm-hmm. 
uh, sneakers, sneakers, uh, back to school giveaways. I saw you was giving away prom dresses at one point. Yeah, uh, you brought a zoo. <laughs> somewhere yeah I, brought I was zoo. like this motherfucker's doing everything brought like, the zoo to the hood man. to the hood I was like yo I, mm. this is the type of shit I wish we had <laughs> when we was younger I wish like you doing all the shit I want to do and I'm like yo this is dope that somebody from the hood is actually doing it like we don't need nobody coming in giving us a hand we got somebody from the block doing the shit and I was like this is amazing yeah now um you got a day yeah Harry Bell has a fucking day <laughs> Somebody from the terrace, grew up in the terrace all his life, has a day in the city of Bridgeport. That's November, what, 26? Six. Mm -hmm. Now, how did that feel? Because <laughs> I don't I know maybe one other motherfucker with a day. Shout out to Joey Bats. But you got a day, dog. <laughs> how does that feel? Um it, 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 to tell you the truth, man. You know, like has it, it sunk in? Yeah, <laughs> I don't think nothing really haven't sucked in mm -hmm. as as yet. I know that, uh, like I said, I know every, I know it's a blessing. I know it's a gift, but I'm more so like it's is it's not about me, mm. but it's more so about individuals, kids that come from the same background that I come from. Mm. and see me doing what I'm doing mm. and they look at their self as if they can do it. Right. So if one kid or two kids get inspired off of what I'm doing and, and, and make it a future from what I'm doing, that's what it's about. Right. So, you know, if I'm happy, I, you know, I got a day, grateful. Mm. But at the end of the day, would I help a young dude who thought about picking up a gun mm. to not pick it up because look what Harry doing, positive, and look what's coming on his plate. Mm. So if I can get a kid to think differently because of that day, I'm happy as fuck. Excuse right. my language. Now, you can, yeah, this show, we done said the wildest shit. So yeah. fuck is the least thing you got to apologize yeah. for. Now, um... Is there a problem trying to make this cool? Because, you know, like you said, your, your, your son went through it because he's tired of, you know, being, oh, that's Harry Bell's son, the color positive thought guy. And it was like, I can I can imagine that that's not the coolest thing to be. Now, is there a problem trying to get the masses to think that this is a cool thing you know kids are impressionable they they go with anything but it's like when you start to reach out to you know older people maybe like 13 14 like kids that can form their own opinions and stuff like that is that is it a problem trying to make this thing cool um it, they catching on now mm. i'm not saying that we there yet but we shaking them mm. like and i think we really did it and I know you're going to speak about it later, mm. but the the national stage that Positive got me um, on and I go back to the hood and people like, being Positive got you on the couch next to her? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So it, 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 it's shaking up the minds of our youth mm. a little bit, I believe. So I don't think we're there yet, mm. but... 
I, I think that they starting to see that being positive can be cool too. Right. I mean, you brought it up, so let's talk about it, man. So my man went from the terrace to Siraji. <laughs> D- that nigga, that's <laughs> not never saw happening. Like I thought, well, not not that I thought that this was like a local thing, but I was like, how does it reach the ears? Like, how does it reach the desk of a Taraji P Henson? So, how did that opportunity come about? Well, again, you gotta um, if you follow my career of what I've been doing, like you said, um, I gave out a million pounds of food during this whole pandemic, over two million pounds of food. Wow. Um, for for thanks. For Easter, I gave 400 kids brand new pairs of sneakers mm. in Easter basket. Back to school, I gave away, instead of doing a book bag drive, I did. I gave away over 100 brand new computers, laptops. Yeah, the Chromebooks. Ki- Chromebooks mm-hmm. that kids can have for themselves. So when you start doing things that celebrities do as giving back, mm. and you just your average Joe, you know, it's gonna it's gonna spark some fire somewhere mm-hmm. that you wouldn't even imagine it could go. Right. And that's how it landed up with um Taraji, a friend of mine's um uh who's a producer, a freelance producer um up in Hollywood. She freelanced for Taraji, she land she freelanced for a few people. Mm. She seen what I was doing and brought it to Taraji. And once she brought it to Taraji, it was like, I think it was unbelievable to her that she had to get me on her couch. Mm-hmm. Right. Now, where'd you go to tape that? Oh, they flew me out to L.A. They flew you out to So my man flew out to L.A. Mm-hmm. So now, what's, now, is it like all expenses paid? You get the fancy hotels, you mm-hmm. get the nice limousine or like, you know, the nice car, whatever. Pocket money, too. Poc- and, and, you get, and you got paid for it. Mm-hmm. Okay. I didn't know that, but you know, shout out to being positive. Positive put positive put money in your pocket. Yeah. <laughs> Do all that good shit. So now you're going to LA. What's your what's your thought process while you like why you get the call, like, hey, I want you on the show? You're like, all right, bet, boom. So now you on the plane. What's your thought process like on the plane? Like, what are you thinking? I was like, what the hell? Like, you know? <laughs> yeah. I was like, like, damn, I really made it to Toronto, LA? Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I mean? Because, again, like, you know, people coming from where we come from, you know, they don't, they they try to be rappers and they don't make it mm. to a stage where I made it by being positive. Right. So it was just like a surreal moment for me. And I think it, it brought like, you know, um, you know what they said, bring sexy back. Mm-hmm. I'm bringing positive back. I'm bringing positive back. We need positive mm-hmm. you know it's been a it's been a dark cloud over you know bridgeport for a long time and like you know to see that type of to see somebody from where i'm from wind up there is like like I, I was watching that shit like damn i know that nigga i seen him around now he in la he with taraji he on the couch talking he chilling now when you get there um what's your what's your nerves like you nervous you just you don't know what to do with yourself, like yeah. yeah. Um, prior to the lights, when you pulling up with the limo, you you know I was 
I was like, I hope I don't got COVID because you had to take, yeah, one thing about then, that's when COVID was kind of high up there too. Mm. So you had to take like them tests like every few hours, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like twice a day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? So I'm like, I hope COVID don't mess up my one lifetime mm -hmm. of getting national attention for our city and for our youth. Right. So I was nervous about that. I was nervous about like, that's Taraji, that's Cookie, mm. you know? Yeah. And, and um, <laughs> not to limit her just Cookie because, you know, she got multiple act, um, awards for acting mm. on great um, movies mm. other than uh, the sitcom. Yeah, of, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. But, um, but that's what, you know, yeah, that's, that's, everybody... That's what everybody knows. Yeah. That, that's that's yeah. fucking Yvette. That's, that's, yeah. that's Cookie, yeah. you know what yeah. I'm saying? So it was, it was like, it was nervous, but... Like I said, once they said action, I was ready. Mm. You know, I, I think I was born to do this, mm. meaning born to put a positive light on our city mm -hmm. and bring it to a national attention. Right, because before you posted that, I knew she had a show. I just had no clue where it was. I didn't know if it was on, like, Facebook, YouTube, if mm. it was, just like, on some streaming service or whatever. But then when it was, I found out it was solely on Facebook and you was gonna be on it. I ain't even on Facebook. I was like, I gotta watch this shit. Yeah. So I watched it, heard everything you had to say. Um now when you sat when the therapist came in, uh, after you had talked about, you know, your your life and everything that went on, that was your first time with a therapist? Mm hmm First time ever with a therapist. Now, well if if y'all have it, you know, I, I implore you to go watch it. Uh, I think if you just type in Taraji P. Henson on, on Facebook, you can find that her talk show put up, would uh, pop up. What's Me it and called? G. Herbal. Yeah, you and G. Herbal. Right, right, mm -hmm. right. So it's, it's called A Peace of Mind. Yeah. So, yeah, look for that on, well, after you're done watching this. Go check that out on Facebook. I think it's still on Facebook. I don't yeah. think it'll be off of Facebook. It might be on YouTube, but, you know, just go to Facebook and watch it. So now, first time talking to a therapist, how eye-opening was that? Did you discover some things about yourself that you never knew? Was it like, you know... Yeah. Something you felt like you needed. Yeah. I think actually being on peace of mind after I got off, I got a peace of mind. Hmm. Um, what's so crazy again is that, you know, the older I get, the older, I, the older I get, the more, um, comfortable I get with myself. Hmm. So I knew that I was traumatized before I got to the show, hmm. that I was still going through it as well. Hmm. And, what the therapist, what the therapist, actually made me understand was what I thought was the reason was what I, what was it, what what I thought was my healing mm. actually was my healing. Mm. So the reason why I go so hard for these kids and these youth in Bridgeport and in our following cities is because of what I went through. Mm. So by helping them not go through what I went through as a kid was actually healing me. Mm -hmm. Hmm. And that's what the actual therapist actually diagnosed process was that my joy of helping was actually others mm. was actually helping me. Helping you. Right. Now, after you left, did you continue therapy back home? I actually did sign up. 
You did. So I go once a month now. You go once a month to therapy. Now, has that made you discover even more things about yourself? Um, it, it, I only went a few times because I go once a month. I just left. Mm. Um, it does, it do. But again, um, I started noticing things, um, as, as I got older. So some of the stuff that I noticed, she just bringing spotlight on it Mm. and how to work with through it. Right. So basically what therapists do is they ask the right questions for you to get to your own conclusion. So yeah. they'll, you know, just, they'll they'll have you talk and then they'll stop you like, oh, what you, like, what do you mean by that? Or they'll, like, ask you a series of questions and then they'll make you get to your own conclusion. And then you, it's just basically peeling back the onion. Yeah. So it's like, it just makes you like, oh, shit, that's what that was. Oh, that was traumatic. Oh, that was anxiety. Oh, that was depression. Oh, that was this. That was that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's 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 dope. Now, when did you tape the uh, Taraji thing? When was that? Um, It was a few months ago. That was a few months ago. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. So now, um, after you tape it, do you get to experience LA at all? Or are you just like right back on the plane? Nah, I was down there for a week. Oh, you down there for a week? Oh, you was down there. It was only there. a day of taping. I was only a day of taping. Oh, shit. I thought she was like, you know, go there and taping, and just fly right back home. So how'd you enjoy LA? How was LA? Beautiful. Beautiful, man. And again, I was on I was on Taraji Dime. Right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so everything was top notch. <laughs> now, was that your first time on the West Coast? No, I actually um uh was on the West Coast maybe um few maybe a year prior to that mm. because um I'm actually working on another show. Oh, can you talk about it? Um it's not in the workings, it's not solidified yet, mm. but um definitely when everything gets solidified, if you want to have me back on the show, oh, I'll definitely. Absolutely. I got I got to highlight people from the <laughs> crib. You got to yeah. got to have people go somewhere to tell their story. Mm-hmm. So now um I see a lot that you bring a lot of NFL players to the hood, to these <laughs> gatherings, to sign balls, just to be with the kids. Now, how are you getting all these connections with these NFL players? So, um, my partner, his name is Ivan the Irish. He's oh, a, shout, out, shout out, Ivan. Yeah, he's a sport agent. He he um grew up a, a block away mm-hmm. from the terrace as well. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he grew up on Valley Ave. Okay. And yeah. um um me and Ivan, we wasn't the best of friends, mm. but we was in the same circle and we always had mutual respect for each other. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Ivan was Ivan down there um up in DC and he's um doing real good in this in the sports agent world. So mm. um Ivan seen what I was doing because he spotted me because I was doing this thing called Munchkin Friday. Mm. Years of like seven years ago. Okay. So what it was, well, I'll, every Friday, I'll get like fifty Munchkin donuts, and I'll give a kid a, a donut, a Munchkin, and say something positive to them mm. every Friday. So it's called Munchkin Friday, and okay. that caught his eye. So he he reached out to me like, "Yo, man, I want to help you um, take this to a whole nother level because you know, um, I just became a nonprofit like two years ago." Or, okay. a, or a year and a half ago. Okay. Because I wasn't really worrying about grant money or anything like that because for the last eight years, I've been able to 
put kid put smiles on kids' face consistently, mm. and and that was all I wanted to do. Right, right. So I didn't really care about like you know um, becoming a nonprofit and worrying about grants because my network of people was able to keep me going for all of these years without being a nonprofit mm. and doing what I love. And that's just making kids smile. So I was like, man, you got to do this right. And you can become a nonprofit. You can apply for grants and do everything in a, in a, in a, in a, in a mass. Mm. You can help a mass yeah, yeah. of kids. Yeah. It this shit don't got to come out my pocket no more. <laughs> yeah. Now, um, is that how you pay for like the Chromebooks and you know, the giveaways with the sneakers and stuff like that? Is that, is that how you, you funded all of that? No, do, no, no. Nah, um, all of that came funded from, um, me putting this is what I want to do, and I have a huge, like, support base. I have, um, uh, you know Bob Stefanowski, um, he ran for governor with Ned Lamont, um, mm -hmm. yeah. Uh, his wife Amy Stefanowski are huge supporters of me. Mm. Um, uh, I have a lady named Tony Boucher. Huge supporter of me, Cat Lammy from um, Trumbull, mm. Eve. Um, I got like a huge support system that know people that knows people, and when I put stuff out there, nine times out of ten it get done. Right, right, right. So when I um, I asked for fifty shoes mm. and got four hundred. Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> I was like, that's a lot of. Fun. I asked for thirty Chromebooks and got a little over a hundred. That's, that's dope, man. So people invest in me because mm. I invest in the people and I let people know where to go. That's, go right back to the community. That's fucking dope. This nigga doing all the shit I want to do, but I ain't got the resources. <laughs> One day I'm going to have the resources. The re nah, the resources <laughs> come with with you just doing what you're doing and letting people see it. Right. So again, I didn't have the resources as either. Mm. The resources came to me because I put it out there. Right, right. I think I used social media for what it was used for. Mm. To brand myself. But not actually brand myself because, again, I was doing it from a place where it was sincere. Yeah, and yeah. people could feel that. Mm -hmm. So you wouldn't have no problem saying, hmm, if I give Mr. Bell $100, would Mr. Bell take that $100 and spend it on himself? Or will he spend it where it needs to go to the community? Mm. And that's why a lot of times in the beginning, if you gave me a um, a donation, I'll shout you out and I'll show you what I what I got on mm. Facebook Live mm. or just do pictures. Right. And it just made people build a trust level with me. Right. Yeah, I gotta I gotta I gotta get the fucking ball rolling. I've been sitting on this idea for at least three four years and i don't I, i'll just keep like you know when you trying to execute something and shit keeps getting in the way you just get bogged down like yo is, is it even worth it at the end of the day like should i should i even be doing this but you know seeing you seeing where you've been and where you're going where i know you're going it's just like giving me that extra push to be like you know what i, I gotta stop sitting on it and actually just do it so 2022 is gonna be a, a it's gonna be a good year. Yeah. So hopefully I can get shit rolling at that point. Mm -hmm. Now, I want to take it back a little bit. Now, when you first do this coloring book, what's the reception in the hood like? 
how are they looking at you? Yo, people used to laugh at me. Yo. They like, what the hell is my problem? Like, <laughs> you know, but again, you know, people don't see your vision because it's not theirs. Mm. You know, I was selling coloring books on the same block where drug dealers were selling coke and dope at. Mm. So you got people selling crack, buying crack, and then you see me 10 feet over with coloring books. I remember one time this lady, she just finished buying whatever she liked to buy on the block. Right, right. You know, crack is, you know. I mean, it's and, yeah, yeah, so. Do what she do. Yeah, do what she do. And she looked at me. She looked at me like a twice. Mm. Like, are you the coloring book guy? She said, I got $3. Can I get a book for my daughter? Mm. That's, that's, that's wild. <laughs> mm. That's fucking what? Okay, so <laughs> dude here, you here. Paraphernalia, coloring books, just copped, and then went copped the book. Yeah. Say, I'm gonna get this to my daughter. Mm-hmm. The math ain't mathing, but it it she did it. Mm-hmm. Cool, it's done. <laughs> so now, and so everybody thought she was crazy for doing this coloring book. They thing. laughed. They laughed. Like you know, people like yo, you bugging. What the hell is this? All this, and I'm saying people now, you know, they 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 blowing me up mm. to get community service hours. I'm <laughs> <laughs> saying, nigga, yo, I need yo, I need help, dog. Yeah. <laughs> yo, look out for me real quick. Yeah. That's crazy. So now the hood has a. Uh, I mean, obviously, when someone does something new, something you ain't never seen before, we ain't never seen no shit like this from where we from. Like people, you know, you get out of here like one of. Three ways: either you good at sports, crack, or you or you or you die selling it, using it, gunshots, whatever the fuck. So now they see you being successful. Did have you seen anyone else take that leap of faith? Where it was like, I see Harry doing this. I know Harry. I grew up with Harry. Do you see other people be like, I want to do this? Yeah, I'm starting to see a whole bunch of nonprofits, man. Everybody want to help the people and stuff like that, mm-hmm. you know. And and it wasn't a lot of young people doing it. Mm-hmm. So now I'm starting to see a lot of young people doing it, and I'm kind of happy. Mm-hmm. Like you know, I don't want to say that I inspire them to do it because if you know, sometimes when you do stuff, you do stuff because you inspire, but mm-hmm. you also do stuff because that's what you really wanted to do, right? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But I'm just so happy that, you know, if that I was able to be the person to jump out on a leap of faith mm. and be blessed to actually have people say, I'm about to get my shit together. Right. Now, uh, since the Taraji episode premiered, has your son changed his tune as to who his dad is and like how? Oh man, my son, <laughs> my son is like I said, he's seventeen, so he's still he's still growing yeah. mentally. Mm. But I see a hundred percent change in him. Mm. You know, from from like six months ago. Mm-hmm. Right. That's that's always dope. Cause, I mean, like I said, they they kids, they 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 going through it themselves. They got their own set of issues, like. Some some things they'll tell us, some things they won't. But all we can do is just be there for them, and then just show them examples of what a man is supposed to be. Because you know, 
A yeah. lot of people in the hood didn't grow up with dads. We just looked at the niggas that we saw on the block. It was like, hey, I want to be like him. He got all nice shoes. He get girls. He got money. I want to be like him. And, is, th- and that's another reason why, you know, like people like, everybody be like, why you don't wear suits and stuff? Like, mm. you know, I'm not a, I'm not a stranger to suits or nothing like that. But at the end of the day, I'm, tr- I'm making a statement. Mm. You know what I mean? And the statement is, like they say, come to church, come how you are. Mm. I'm making that statement as of being positive don't mean you're square. Yeah. Or, you know what I mean? Uh, or you, you got to look a certain way. Mm. Being positive is something that come within. It's an action. Mm. And is there's no picture to positive mm-hmm. to put you in a category. Right. Just be yourself and bring out positivity within. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you'll <clears throat> you, you reach more people being you, looking like you, you know, dressing how we dress. Because the, the kids, like, hey, this is where I grew up around. So now I see somebody doing posi- positive things. And now, because he looked like me, dressed like me, talked like me, I can relate to him more. That's 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 always a dope thing. Um, who said they got a question? If you got a question in chat, you know, you can go ahead and ask, and I'll, I will try to get that to Harry Bell. We can try to incorporate that. Now, um, damn, I lost my train of thought. <laughs> um, so yeah, so now Taraji happens. Uh, how are the emails and the calls now? <laughs> oh man, you know, people think I got money. You know, people think you got. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you know, Taraji, Taraji helped put me on a national um, exposure, Mm. you know, and she um, a very good person. But, you know, people think like, you know, you go on Oprah and and back then or you go on Ellen and they give you a check or something like that. Mm. You know, people automatically think that I got a check, Mm. you know, and um, uh, that's. I get them type of phone calls and then I just get phone calls of now. Oh, can you do this? Can you come here? Can Mm. you do that? Can you do that? Things to that nature, man, you know? And again, you know, um, you know, I lost a lot of friends, Mm -hmm. you know, and, um, you know, uh, I'm just cautious on everything that I do now because, you know, I feel like God is taking me to a place where, you know, that everybody can't go. Mm. Okay. That's great, man. So now, uh, I guess what's what's next for Color of Positive Thought? Do you plan on like doing more things with the I guess the the positive thought where it was like, you know, just other programs where it was like this a positive thought or that a positive thought? Yeah. So again, I just got a building. It should be opening and I'm I actually got my first event in the building tomorrow is a gun prevention violence um uh, Q and A. Mm. I got Chicago um, rapper coming down. Um, Prince Dre. He was down with uh, um, King Vaughn and Little Dirk in there. Okay, dope. Yeah, so I got Prince Dre coming down, and then um, I'm doing like a series of these. Mm. Um, um, my um, I got a I actually just got another um rap duo that's coming down on the ninth, mm. and um, I try to get individuals who are youth will want to see mm-hmm. 
and get people, regular people, to come talk about their experience mm-hmm. in the streets and how it caused them to go this way or that way and where they are now. Mm. So I got Prince Dre, even though Prince Dre is uh, uh, what you call like a drill rapper and things of that nature, but he got the attention of a lot of young people. Mm-hmm. So if I can grab him to grab kids and get them in a room to give them a peace of mind real quick on gun violence mm-hmm. through others from the community that been through it, mm-hmm. that's what I'm going to do. Okay, dope, dope. Hey, I might have to stop by that. I ain't doing nothing tomorrow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, now, uh, what is the address of your building? Um, I'm going to okay. give that out like later on. Okay. I, I don't want to give the address out right now because, you know, I just don't want... Um, like an influx of people to just be showing up and... Got Especially you. tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So now, um, you have to register. Oh, you got to register. You still got time. Okay. Yeah, but you will. Um, my is if you ride down, my the information gonna be out real soon. Mm. T- tomorrow, I just did. I didn't do it mm. due to the fact is that you know, I didn't. You have to. Re- I wanted you to register. Okay, gotcha. So once you register, so, yeah, you get the. Get all the information. It's information. Got you, got you, got you. So you got to make so so you, if you're in the Connecticut area, well, by the time this comes out, the event will already be over. So hopefully, you know, you'll you'll follow him on Instagram or any of his social media platforms, and you'll find out when the next one is. Uh, this January ninth. January 9th. So yeah, this will definitely be out before then. Mm-hmm. So yeah, uh, this might be my last show for the year. Um, if it is, um, how do you plan on celebrating the holidays with Color of Positive Thought? Um, again, like, usually, like, I do, like, like, every Christmas, I, I get, like, maybe 1,500 to 2,000 toys, do mm-hmm. a big citywide distribution. Okay. This, this time around, I'm more so of taking it a little light because I'm more focused on my building mm-hmm. and getting programs implemented in the building mm-hmm. and more so on the educational part and the social emotional learning part. Okay. I'm still going to do them big things and events and things like that. But right for the next few months, I'm more so of focus on the building, getting our game room together, mm. getting our classrooms together. You know what I mean? Because, you know, I, I really want to stress the importance of education in our youth as well. Right. You know, and I also take, we also take, um, uh, we do a big uh, national football seven on seven um, competition that we um, take like 25 kids from the city to play in the pylon tournament, seven on seven national. We took twenty kids last year to Virginia, and that's their first time ever for the weekend. All paid expense free, and um, uh, they get to meet NFL players. Mm. They get to um, get scouted if they up to par. Mm. But we give that's them dope. that opportunity. Mm. That's dope as shit. Now, um, as far as your team. So it's you, it's Ivan. Who else is on your team? Because it can't be just y'all two doing all this. Nah, um, the community. I so got the people. The people, yeah. Yeah. I got, you know, I got people like Steve Nelson. Mm. You know, um, uh, I got uh, my buddy Malik, mm. um, Ivan. Again, my, um, and just like, like I said, whenever I do an event, people call me up and they're like, yo, we... We all in, all hands on deck. 
So it's it's a us thing. The reason why this is going is because of the people. Mm. You know, um, I invested in the people, and the people invested back in me. Mm. Okay. Now, do you plan like what? What are your your future plans for this? Let's say maybe like five years from now, ten years from now. Do you plan on making this like a full fledged like? I plan on uh, employing people. I plan on, you know, maybe doing a book publishing deal. Maybe you're opening up your own writing firm or whatever the case. Like, what's 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 your big plan? Oh, okay. Before I answer that question, I do have um. Let me shout out my 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 um business uh my 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 business friend Natasha knows she um do a lot of um organizing my programs and mm. you know uh bookkeeping for me um shout out to Dave Fresh who do a lot of the uh the uh the the manual label um labor meaning you know getting chairs to things um picking up uh, uh trailers of food mm. and delivering and stuff but the plan for color of positive thought um I want to build um community color of positive thought community nests and in poverty areas just to be able to nurture kids and let them know that they can make it. I want them to, I want them to understand to let their eyes see further than where they are. Mm. So um the goal is to bring little pop-up community color positive thought community nests all around cities that's low on poverty, low where social and emotional issues are um uh um mental illness just to let kids that let kids know that there's a way out and just bring community resources um to 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 the community that might not know all about these resources in this community and in in our community nest we make them things available mm-hmm. okay that sounds dope man now um who is one person that you're surprised that gravitated to your movement, whether it be a celebrity or otherwise? It was like, I can't believe you know about what I'm doing. Um, uh, like, like has a celeb DM'd you like, yo, keep going, keep doing what you're doing. Has it been like somebody from like the neighborhood be like, yo, I can't believe you of all people like we used to do X, Y, Z. I can't believe you doing this now. Yeah. So I get, I get, I'm starting to get a lot of follows by celebrities now Mm. and stuff like that. And, um, but I think it's more so of, again, um, this young kid that was going down the wrong path and I was, um, in his life a year for about five, six years. And he still struggled to this day, but I'm still, you know, on his back and, you know, help carrying that weight with him. Mm. He said to me, he said, you know, I always, I remember when you started and you was just struggling to get people to understand you. And now look where you at. You're the reason why I feel that I can make it. Mm. That's dope, man. You 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 reaching a lot of people, and I don't think you know how many people that you're inspiring, be it from the ages of four to forty. It's a bunch of people inspired by the movement, wanting to do better, wanting to be positive, wanting to start their own movements, and just do exactly what you're doing, whether they decide to do it in, you know, 
writing, literature, whether they do it in music, sports, whatever the case may be, podcasting, radio, communications, whatever. How, however they can be a voice and a pillar in, in their community, you're, you're inspiring a lot of people to do that. And I just want you to keep going. Go, take this shit as far as you can. Do you plan, do you want this to be, it might be a stupid question, but do you want this to stay a Connecticut thing or do you want to take this thing global? Man, um, again, man, um, um, this ain't me. This is a higher power. So mm. wherever, wherever this higher power takes me and, um, you know, I'm blessed to, 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 uh, to, 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 um, be be on um uh uh coasting in this in the ride I'm I'm going there. Mm. So you know um if it stopped today, you know um I believe that I made a mark. Mm. If it keep going, I just hope it go right where God wanted to go. Mm-hmm. And I'm and I'm there. Definitely, definitely. All right, man. So, uh, give everybody like your social medias, how they can reach you, how they can donate, all that good stuff. You know, any inf- information you want the people to know about events coming up, just you know. So, guys, you can um follow me on Facebook, Harry Bell, or Color a Positive Thought, or Color a Positive Thought Organization. Um, Instagram, Mister Color a Positive Thought, or Instagram, Color a Positive Thought Organization, or just Google Color a Positive Thought. Harry Bell, and um, you'll find me. Um, if you want to donate, again, you go to my website, colorpositor.org, to help the mission. And um, if you want to know more about programming and what's next, hit me up on Facebook, follow our Facebook, um, and trust me, uh, we have our itinerary, itinerary up real soon on what's going on in our location and um, how you can be involved. Mm. And um, again, we 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 pillar ourselves on two things, but that's an umbrella of things: youth building and community outreach. Dope, dope. So now you got an event going on tomorrow, but the next one is January 9th, You say right? Yeah. Okay, cool. And I'm sure you'll give more information once once you get close to that date, right? Yep. It's a is 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 um. Uh, part two of just Q and A about youth gun violence, mm-hmm. and again, I got some youth rappers from I give you a hint from New York, and they just was on Flex last week. Okay, got you. <laughs> All right, <laughs> bet, bet, bet. <clears throat> so yeah, man, Harry Bell, man, appreciate you for coming through. Appreciate you for being like a positive voice. Appreciate you for just being you and doing what you're doing. Something that we need in the community. You know, when you don't see the thing that you want to see in the hood or in the community, you just go ahead and create it. Um, You've been doing this for 10 years. 10 years as of when? Like October or uh, when when did you start this? 10 years ago. Like Again, um, I, my son is about to be 18. Mm. Uh. I started when my son probably was like nine mm. with him and five of his friends Dope. on a patio on the terrace. Mm-hmm. So now on the 10th anniversary 
of Color of Positive Thought. You got any plans? Any any like big grandiose ideas of things to do? To tell you the truth, man, I really don't even like keep up with that stuff. Mm. So my my partner be like, yeah, you know this is this mm. because I'm so wrapped up in other stuff in the zone of yeah, you know, getting to where I'm going, mm. but don't even got a destination. Right, I'm just going. Just, just going. I'm just going. Right. Wherever God leads me, I'm near. Dope. 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 <laughs> I'm with it, man. You know, just 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 keep this ball rolling, man. Don't stop. Take this shit as far as you can take it, you know, and just keep just just keep being a positive light in, you know, Bridgeport because we don't have that many. Like I said, a lot of people leave, don't come back. A lot of people have the resources, have the the, the access, don't use it for us. They want to take their talents elsewhere and be, you know, whoever they want to be in those cities. But we got a homegrown, hometown hero that we need to nurture, that we need to protect at all costs. And just he's just doing the right thing out here. And we need to take notice of that. So if I can, you know, whenever you need to get something out there, get your voice out, get your voice out there. You always, you know, got this platform to use and do with it as you please. Thank you. So. So, yeah, man, like I said, uh, this might be my last show for the year, uh, 2022. Don't know what I'm doing yet. I don't got shit planned. I'm taking a break. Um, But definitely we're going to have more guests. Uh, You know, we're going to reach out to who we need to reach out to. It might be a couple Zoom interviews. It might be a couple uh, in-person interviews. It, it, it all depends on, you know, what's going on. But it's a lot of people out here doing a lot of good stuff that I want to talk to. A lot of people that I haven't talked to that I've been wanting to talk to over the years. So, you know. 2022, man, we gonna get shit rocking. Uh, Harry Bell, appreciate you for coming through, my brother. Thanks for thanks for having me, man. No problem. So, as the saying goes, one thing's for certain: we too much for these niggas and three much for these hoes. I gotta change that. I got mad positive people in the building. I just keep saying that, but you know, it is what it is. One thing's for certain: we too much for these niggas and three much for these hoes. I go by the name of Domino. That's Mr. Harry Bell, Mr. Color of Positive Thought, and uh, we out of here. Peace. See y'all next year. Domino, motherfucker, what's that? C'est tout ce qu'on